welcome to Colton Josh episode 111. It's pretty cool. 111. I just noticed that. Um, we're back. Uh, last Friday, there was so much stuff. So Colton's power just goes out super easily, which I've come to learn. Um, as we have power is not is very shaky at this house. Yeah. So I was I texted you, and you just didn't text me back. And then I also texted your sister and was like, um, "Is Colton awake?" <laughs> I don't know if you just like fell asleep. And then I probably did. I was, but it was it was like it was like ten thirty, so I didn't know. Um, and she didn't say anything, and so I just like fifteen minutes later, I just said never mind. <laughs> and. <laughs> Just because I'm like, I don't want her to say anything, especially if you were asleep. Like, that'd be wacky. And I was going to go to bed anyway. But I kind of wondered if you got flooded again because it was some pretty wacky weather. And I knew you you sent me like a picture. I guess you, you already know this, obviously. But the listeners don't know this. You were at this like festival or something and then just like completely downpoured on your head. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty bad. So I was, um, so I don't know if that, like, how close that was your house if you got another flood. Because I know you have issues as of late. Um, but obviously, that, I mean, now we know that's not it. But at the time, I was a little bit confused, um, which is fine. Like, we've just got some scheduling issues. But, like, before tonight, I was kind of wondering what was going to go on. Because it is a little bit later. It's, it's only 1045. It's not that bad. This is, like, a pretty normal Colton and Joshua recording time. But, I mean, <clears throat> with this casual talk, I actually, I, I, I do want to say this before I forget about it. I, we do want to, from here at the Colton Joe Show, we do honestly send our hearts out to those in um, Afghanistan with all the, the issues going on there. We're, this, we're not getting political on the Colton Joe Show. We're not going to say anything. We're not going to say anything about whose fault it is or whatever. Because that way, obviously, mm. I'm not informed enough to make uh, an informed decision, let alone talk about it on a public forum. But it is a dangerous situation. The Taliban are bad people, to say the least, the terrorist group. And um, yes. we definitely have over there. We're hoping it ends up well and uh, everything gets under control soon. Because it is a pretty sad situation, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I want to get that stuff out of the way before <laughs> we get into the to the little bit more. We can get into the lighthearted stuff because that's that's what the Colton Joshua is. We're not we're not gonna do um we're not gonna dwell. On the side, because we've got stuff going on. There was, <laughs> we joked about it a little bit. There was a trade in the NBA. We now have a third super team with yes. Paul George, Kawhi, Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> yes, uh, that is the team that is going to take down Katie, Kawhi, uh, Katie, Kyrie, and Harden. Obviously, like I'm, I'm pretty locked in on the, on a. <laughs> I'm pretty locked in on a Clippers at this point. Um, but like jokes aside, I that trade was pretty bad. I'm not sure if I was a fat tray. <laughs> it's, I can, I'm 50-50 on it. I mean, I'm, I really don't think Pat Bev is that great of a player. Um, Rondo is, he, he performs well in the playoffs, but at this stage in his career, at the age that he's at, he's not a good regular season performer. I don't even really know much about the other guy that got traded. Um, but Bledsoe, he, he's, he's a good defender for one. Um, he's. I would put him basically on the same level as Patrick Beverly as a defender, though he's not maybe as aggressive as Patrick Beverly. Um, but I think his offensive skill set is a little bit more versatile. He really struggled last year um, in New Orleans, but obviously he didn't fit very well there. He was playing 
Um, he was playing off the ball. He was the shoot. He was playing as the shooting guard there uh, alongside Lonzo Ball, which he has not been used to. But just thinking two years ago in Milwaukee, he was very good as their point guard. So it's just, you know, it's about is he going to be able to return to form? We're not exactly sure. But either way, I don't think it's much of a downgrade from Pat Bev. They, they may have given up a little too much, but I mean, I don't. I wouldn't call it a bad trade. Hmm. Interesting, obviously. Um, if you've been a listener of the show, you know, Colton's a little bit more of an informed NBA fan than I. But, uh, I mean, I've heard mixed reviews. It's it's interesting. <laughs> to say the least, I think it was they, – they saved some money from it, if I remember correctly. So that's probably the main purpose of it. They got a little bit of money off the books, <clears throat> which is obviously a good thing. Um, there's some other trades in the NFL, but we'll get into that in the news section as that's kind of – more into the meat and potatoes of the episode, as we like to say. Um, but it's catching on. <laughs> it has, it has. It's been small. Uh, there's, there's been, we've been scantily recording. If we're gonna use some better vocabulary, Ooh. but that weeks has has kicked on. I kind of like it. I'm into it. I like, I like that actually. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. But we got to start every episode off the same way. How have you been, Joe? How have you been since our last little recording session? Yeah. I have been I've been pretty good, you know. Um I've been home for the most part. So that's for the first like it's probably been the first week that I've been home the whole time in quite a long time. <laughs> and I I must say it's it kind of feels nice. Um it's kinda nice to get a little bit back more into the routine. As school comes up. Um, I got to focus a little bit more on the summer homework. I've been working on that a good bit. Um, I'm finished. I'm getting closer to the end of my chemistry stuff. I already finished my English stuff a day late or like two days late. And I didn't know that. I thought I was doing the first day of school, like all the rest of it, but, uh, it wasn't. So I had to kind of grind it out. I think I, I think I turned it on August 3rd when it was due August 1st. So that could, that could have been worse. <laughs> the teacher didn't think to me. So hopefully she doesn't care that much. Um, yeah. but that stuff is it's a history assignment. I have a history paper to write. I have to read the book about it. And I have three chapters of chemistry I need to um, work on before the school, before the first day of school. So I'm about probably about halfway, probably about one third of the way, actually, I'd say about probably about one third of the way done with my chemistry. And I haven't even started the, the history stuff. So I've been working a little bit more that with some, you know, pre usual. I got some running in some cross country practice is starting to heat up. Um, I, I did miss a lot of practice there for a little bit, kind of back in the form now I was doing. Um, I've been kicked in. I like, I always ran five miles. That was always the thing. But this year he wants the, the varsity kids. Like last year, there was the average age of the varsity cross country runner, runner was a little bit younger. So mostly we ran like five miles when we went out and we did the more distance workouts. But now he wants us to do six, which is harder, but I've been getting used to it. Um, I definitely run six miles slower than I ran five, like five miles and like the pace is even slower, but I'll get used to it and I'll be better for it. And considering I'm in 11th grade, I really should be like, I'll be a junior this year. So I really should <clears throat> be picking it up. And like, if I want to be any good, that's the sort of workouts I need to do, but it is hard. It's hard on the legs. Like after when we run six miles, especially if I push myself to go fast, it's tough. <laughs> but I mean, that's about, that's about the normal stuff that's been going on. It hasn't, it's been about a week. So. Not a whole lot of crazy stuff has been going on. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so what have I been doing? What have I been doing? 
Um, I had a little camp out thing, a little church camp out for, it was like a overnight thing on Thursday, Friday. Um, so that was pretty fun. I feel like there was something else that I did. We went, you know, I went to the fair that next day. Joe mentioned it. It kind of, kind of downpoured on me. Watched the, the Derby. It's one of the bigger, you know, things for my small town is, is, you know, whatever. As big as things get. But it's it's not that fun. Um, went school clothes shopping the other day or yesterday, I guess it was technically in in um, in the mall. We went there, but there was really like nothing good at all. So I ended up just coming home and I'm just buying a bunch of shirts online. And I think I'm just gonna get like a bunch of different NBA shirts. Basically, is what I'm. It's <laughs> basically all I'm looking at at this point. I found like some cool Miami Heat shirts. Um, a cool Raptor shirt, a couple cool Raptor shirts. Um, I already have a Phoenix shirt and some Bulls shirts. Um, I found a Minnesota shirt that I might cop. I don't know, just a bunch of different NBA shirts and just, you know, different stuff, different players I like, the different teams that I like. So, um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, been getting back in the gym, grinding out a little bit, playing some pickup games. You know how it is, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's been about it. Yeah, I need to get in. I want to play some more basketball. I've been I've been missing it because I I wouldn't I play basketball a lot for like four weeks straight, and then I just haven't played basketball at all for two weeks, and I've been missing it. I want to play some more basketball. Um, I have a lot. I have definitely have a lot of way to improve my basketball game. But I like to say I have I like to, you know, I, I've definitely gotten a little bit better. You said you told me that that encouraged me just a little bit. I must admit I'm. But you see, thought I was getting a little bit better, and I was I was thankful to hear that because I I was quite better when you saw me. I'm definitely not a whole lot better, but like you know, I I've de- I'm developing a little bit of a game. Um, I like to get a little bit better at the mid range, but um, you know, I I don't think I want to be utilized a whole lot if I play this year, which I am planning on playing. Um, you are planning on playing. On my, I am planning on playing. But I'm, I kind of I have to <clears throat> do so good with my grades. My parents said they wouldn't let me play if I <laughs> if my grades weren't so good. Um, yeah. So which is kind of sad, but it's fair because my grades were not so good last year with the whole online school stuff. It was not for me, so my grades were took quite a dip from what they have been in recent years. So it's fair that they're and that'll push me to do better in school, as if they'll let me play basketball if my grades are better. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know. I imagine that I'm going to be utilized a whole lot in three-point game. I'm definitely not an efficient three-point shooter, to say the least. <laughs> I was playing I, some pickup today, and I was actually torching from the three-point line. It was like one of the best shooting days I've ever had from three. I just I was just lighting it up. I'm drinking from a greater water bottle, and I scored like half the bottle on me. But Michelle. <laughs> At school, at school, I shoot like I almost will shoot like lights out, especially from mid range. I don't know. The school hoops are so much nicer. But every time I play like at a park or especially out out at the camp where I play with you guys, the shooting is just horrific. The hoops are way higher out where like out at the camp and it may it throws me off a lot. But I also like I'm not a great finisher on the rim. Like I I definitely need to develop. I need to like a coach is I really want to like get an actual coach that'll help me out and tell me things better to do. But if I, if I don't show up and I don't have like at least some skill, I'm never going to get to play. 
Um, so I have to be at least okay. I, if I'm a, if I'm a junior on like JV, I should get to play a good bit. But I, I'd rather yeah, you get to play on JV at least. Yeah. So, I mean that's that's the plan. We're looking forward to it. I've got a whole year, and hopefully, I kind of want to pull a Kobe, show up to school a little bit early, and play some and the court beforehand because I think that'd be I, that's something that sounds fun, and I feel like that'd be like kind of cool. But also, I have to wake up earlier and get to school and you know work. At it. So, I mean, it's kind of a big yeah. commitment, but at some point, especially once you get my license, I might, yeah, I might do that a couple times. Just yeah. for fun. Yeah. Makes sense. I guess. I mean, but, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. The grind. The grind. But, um, I guess it's news time. And, uh, if you guys remember the last episode, we had an insane amount of news. Um, so we don't have that much this time. Just kind of. The pros and the pros and the cons. But um, we'll start off earlier this offseason. Uh, we saw, or I guess last, we'll start off last season, the Dallas Cowboys signed Alden Smith, a linebacker who hadn't played in a couple of seasons. He came into Dallas, actually looked pretty solid, had himself a nice couple of games, um, was relatively productive, and he ended up signing with the Seattle Seahawks to go alongside uh, Bobby Wagner. Well, just the other day, Seattle is releasing Alden Smith, which is a bit of a surprising move just because of his production last season, and they didn't end up bringing back K.J. Wright. I believe he's still a free agent, so I guess they technically could still bring him back, I think. But um, no, and then they, it doesn't look like they're going to bring back K.J. Wright, and then they ended up releasing Alden Smith, which was just uh, a, a bit of a strange move. But you know, Alden Smith is back on the market, a uh, linebacker that, I believe had some off the field issues at one point in his career, but was a, still a pretty solid linebacker even last season and, and his older age. So, um, just a bit interesting there. How are we feeling? Yeah, that was interesting. He was an absolute like stud. when I was younger. I guess I I did wasn't paying enough attention um, to really tell that he was a budding star before he obviously went into some off the field issues. Um. You know, obviously, <clears throat> it's tough to tell, like, what's going on behind the scenes and, uh, you know, in a, a locker room. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I cut a little bit. <laughs> what? I, I don't know what I'm doing right now. But, I mean, it's interesting, to say the least. He's going to get signed somewhere else. He was playing relatively good football, I think. I mean, um, I was not a huge – I wasn't paying a, a t- bunch of attention to Alden Smith, to be honest. But, you know, I was interesting because I saw – a YouTube video. There's a guy on YouTube. His name is like Set Set the Edge. Might be it. He makes like football documentaries and stuff. And I've, I I used to watch like all of his videos. I haven't watched. I don't watch that much YouTube anymore, to be honest. But um, he made a video about him, and I watched like the first half of it, and it's pretty interesting. I got to learn a little bit a little bit about him. You know, his life in high school. How he's involved in some crime. He apparently had like a burner YouTube account where he like posted a video of him like smoking weed but they were like but he was like this is a burner account they'll never be able to know that this is me alden smith (laughs) (laughs) like he actually said that um or something to that effect it was like very obvious that that was him (laughs) so it it's kind of funny but you know obviously obviously it's it's tough for a guy who's pretty was definitely like a budding star at the time so yeah that's funny um I guess, moving on, uh, last episode we reported on the injuries of Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, both foot injuries, both 5 to 12 weeks approximate. 
uh, time out, and they were both, you know, looking like we didn't know when we were going to see them. Well, according to Adam Schefter, uh, they're both surprisingly, quote, trending towards being available week one for the Colts, which is great news. Um, you know, we heard this news, and originally, you know, we thought that maybe they'd be back by like week two, week three. And then the reports came out that was like, they, you know, uh, I believe Frank Reich came out and was like, yeah, we should have them back um, hopefully in the first half of the season. So I was like, oh, man, they, like, they might not be back in the first half of the season. And now Adam Schefter reports that they could be back week one. So I, it, this, these reports are just kind of all over the place with, uh, with Carson Wentz, with Quentin Nelson. Um, but this is obviously a great, great report for the Colts is that's, you know, they're, they're best player on the team, Quentin Nelson, the best lineman in the league, in my opinion, and their starting quarterback, the most important player on the team. So it's just a refreshing change of pace to the Colts who have just been dealing with injuries seemingly every single season. And uh, I guess just hearing some sort of good news. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Especially uh, for a team that, well, if you like, if you don't have Carson Wentz, you don't have that. If you don't have Quentin Nelson, you're kind of screwed because that, that throws away not only the passing game, but without Quentin Nelson, the offensive line looks a lot worse on paper. And, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor's definitely a good running back. Like, he's a talented guy. But it's tough when you don't really have a good offensive line, especially when it compared to like when you have Quentin Nelson and just like, <clears throat> yeah, like as you said, probably the best offensive lineman uh, in recent years. So, yeah, this is big, especially for the Colts. And, you know, the rest of maybe this wins them a few more games, you know, maybe they move them up a little bit more on the, the records. I gave them a few more L's because of the losses of the two players. But definitely, definitely good news if you're a Colts fan to hear that. Yeah, for sure. A um, uh, smaller piece of news: ten-year, uh, long-time veteran journeyman running back Dion Lewis is uh, officially retiring from the NFL. I guess that has been a ten-year career. Last season, uh, so most recently, he was playing with the New York Giants, um, backing up. Uh, he was backing up Saquon, and then Saquon went down, and then he was backing up Wayne Goldman. He, he didn't get much run. He's definitely more of a secondary back than. Uh, than a, a lead back, but he's been he won he, he's a Super Bowl champion with New England. Um, you know, just been a, a really solid pro. Um, a little shifty guy, great receiving back just throughout his career. And yeah, he's officially retired. So just want to wish the best to to Dion Lewis and all of his future endeavors. So no, yeah, the man was kind of a legend. I'm not gonna lie, like he was. He was a pretty cool. <laughs> he was a good running back, obviously for the Patriots and the Titans, and you know he, he bumped around the league a little bit towards towards the tail end of his career. But yeah, he was kind of a legend for some of those playoff runs with Tom Brady. Like that man was. Yeah. He they, all the Patriots running backs just like hit a different hit a, like hit their second wind whenever they made it in the playoffs. That always just go off, especially like James White too. Like, James White, honestly, the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl. Uh, James Bryant might have deserved to win a Super Bowl MVP and then that comeback Super Bowl. So I mean, I believe it. it. I was, that used to be, that was like an argument for a long time, but it's kind of cooled off a little bit. I And if I was James White, I might feel a little bit snubbed. Yeah, I probably, he probably does, but it's Brady, so you can't, <laughs> you can't expect it to go to him. But last piece of news, um, Jamal Adams. Um, just some kind of rumors. Um, this isn't, you know, really officially confirmed yet, but there's rumors floating around the league reportedly. Um, 
that if Seattle tries to franchise tag Jamal Adams again next season, he's going to argue that, or not again, but if they try to franchise tag him next season when his contract is up instead of uh, being able to extend him that, that offseason, he will argue that he is a linebacker instead of a safety. Um, if you don't know how the franchise tag works, basically, um, what it is is it's kind of a tag that you place on this on a player and they get a certain amount of money and they can't go anywhere else. It's you, you, They're just kind of forced to stay for the season. Um, and the amount of money is determined by position. The franchise tag, it takes, it averages out the top five salaries at the position. So, like, if I want to franchise tag my quarterback, you're going to be taking the average of the top five quarterbacks. So it's going to be the average of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't know who the other two are, but you're going to be taking probably like maybe I think one might be it might be Jared Goff still I don't know Stafford maybe and maybe Ryan Tannehill too I I I think that kind of sounds right I want to say Stafford is one of them and maybe Tannehill's the fifth I'm not sure maybe Russ no I think one of them's Russell Wilson I don't know I don't know I'm looking it up right now I know that the top Two are obviously Mahomes and Josh Allen. I'm pretty sure Dak Prescott's the Mahomes. Player. Okay, well, this is out of date now. So we can, I mean, we can just kick off the last one. So um, Mahomes, yeah, and then Allen, Prescott. Uh, where'd it go? I think Russell Deshaun Wilson. Deshaun Watson. Okay, yeah. I knew there was the Russell Wilson one because he was like, when the contract came, he like made put that like Instagram story out where he was like laying in bed with his wife and he was like, Seattle. Four more years. <laughs> like, so yeah, tied for, yeah, tied for six is Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers. Number seven, Kirk Cousins. Number eight, Carson Wentz. Number nine, Matt Ryan. And number 10, Ryan Tannehill. So keep in mind, this is a little bit out of date. But it does have uh, Carson Wentz on the Colts, so it's not that old. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, okay. But it doesn't have the Josh Allen extension, so. It's made March 9th, 2021. So it's a little bit out of date, but not that bad. Yeah. Just for <laughs> So anyway, yeah, it, it balances out the top five of the positional uh, positional salaries. So basically, the top five positional linebacker salaries are is going to earn Jamal Adams more money than the top five positional safeties. And he's been playing in such a box safety role and been rushing the edge so much that he's going to try to say that he's a, a linebacker to earn more money, basically. So. It's interesting, and I kind of like it. But it, you know, I feel it's kind of kind of productive to his like public, <laughs> his public uh, perception. But you know, do it for the bag. I I do appreciate the grind. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, now time to get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Like we talked about before, we can we kind of I think the phrase is kind of sticking. Um, but it's the AFC South, all AFC South team. Um, we've, you know, this is our fourth team that we've done. This one is probably our weakest team that we've done. Uh, that we we've, we kind of went over that. Um, there are some very low points on this team, but uh, Joe, I'll let you, I'll let you kick us off here. All right, I'm good with that. So um, we'll start an offense as we usually do, and we'll start at the QB position because that is widely recognized as the most important position on a football team, and I tend to agree. 
It's a pretty obvious choice. Um, if we're, you know, obviously there's some off the field issues with this guy, Deshaun Watson, as the QB, and it's obvious. Uh, the runner-up would be Ryan Tannehill, and uh, when if Deshaun Watson's traded, it would likely be uh, that he would be the quarterback chosen. It's an obvious pick. Um, he's a superstar quarterback. He wills he will the Titans to like what six wins, and like a, he's a very talented QB. This is not really one up for discussion, to be honest. Yeah, Deshaun <laughs> uh, Watson, easy money. There was a bit of you know I. I, I thought about it for a second because I was like, you know, uh, maybe he's not going to be here. But, you know, when we take the quarterbacks that are in this division, Sean Watson is the best. He's the top five quarterback in the league, in my opinion. I guess we never mentioned this. Um, we're going to we're we're going to try to do kind of a we didn't get to do our, our top 10 uh, positional like players by position like we did last season. Last season, it just wasn't that successful. Um, it got a little, we kind of overdid it last year. Um, everything just kind of got a little out of hand with it. So we decided that what we're going to do is we're going to make our list and we're going to post them on the Instagram, but um, we're not going to do an episode about it just because the episodes, we're, we're kind of getting very repetitive. And, you know, if you want to do every position, episodes just aren't the way to go. So uh, we're, we're going to make the list. They're going to be on the Instagram. So go check it out if you want to see our list. But my my list is made already, my quarterback's list. So I, 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 that's just, I want to say Sean Watson's top five QB in my opinion. But I'm like, I can't speak for you, but... <laughs> Either way, he's definitely the best in the Yeah, team. I can say much to pay. My, the first five on my list was also made, and he was also in the top five. So There you go. So, yes, top five QB, Sean Watson. <laughs> Easy money. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to another pretty easy one here to be at the running back position. We'll go with quite possibly the best running back in the NFL. Derrick Henry, he led the league in rushing yards this year. He is he sub he seems subhuman at times. The way he, you know, stiff arms guys, throws them out of the way. Um, another one that's not really up for a huge amount of debate. You got to give this one to Derrick Henry. Yeah. Oh, that's easy yeah, for sure. That mm-hmm. there's there's no question on that one. For uh, like you said, he's he's potentially the best running back in football. Um. Christian, you know him and Christian McCaffrey kind of battling it out for that spot, but he's a beast. He's the best, a beast. Like, he's the best pure runner, um, for sure. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, when it comes McCaffrey, to just a running back in a traditional role, yeah. o- overall, it, like minimal to no impact in like the passing game. So uh, you can't really like give him that Christian McCaffrey by any means, but yeah. Um, on wide receivers, we, we choose three wide receivers. Two of them are pretty much locks, in my opinion. you got to give Julio and A.J. Brown both, like, all pro, pro bowl kind of guys. Like, the A.J. Brown is, oh, is more of a budding star. He's not – he's still young in his NFL career, but he's still been really, really good. Um, obviously, a big yard after kind of after catch guy, Julio Jones, who is maybe one of the best wide receivers of all time at this point. Um, he's in the, he's at the tail end of his career, but when you look at the rest of the division, there's not, uh, two other guys that take over him. Uh, it's not even close. And at the number third spot, this is where you can have some questions to me. I went with Marvin Jones of the, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, the new free agency signing. Um, you know, he was, he was good with the Stafford in um, with the lions. And now he goes to Jag to uh, Jacksonville where he can play with. 
Trevor Lawrence. And then I like this pick. pick. Um, I, I was kind of rushed to make this. I got home at like 930, and I wrote it up very quickly. I didn't get to write down a whole lot of stats. So I don't have a whole lot to back this up, but I was pretty confident in picking him as my uh, number three wide receiver. Okay. Okay. I don't mind the pick. Um, obviously, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown are my top two, both Pro Bowl caliber players. Um, so my third was actually a Houston Texan. Brandon Cooks was my third at wide receiver. Um, I, I'm high on Brandon Cooks. I think people – I just saw a TikTok today talking about Brandon Cooks, and it was like people don't realize like how young he still is. He's only 27. Like, Wait, really? Yeah, I feel like this dude <laughs> seems, seems like a 30, like a, at least 30. Like he's, he's just no, yeah, if you would ask me all day what I thought he is, I would have said 29 or like 29 or like 30 or like 31. Like, yeah, there's no way. Seven still. Crazy, actually. He's been on three different teams. I had yeah. a pretty young age. I'm good. It's kind of yeah, crazy. Just think, there was a point in time where um, Brandon Cooks was wide receiver one, Michael Thomas was wide receiver two. Just think about yeah. that. Guys, we're back. It always tends to happen on here. But, um, as I was saying, my wide receiver three is Brandon Cooks. Um, stuff I got written down here. Brandon Cooks, you know, he's just been very productive everywhere he's went. Um, in New Orleans, in New England, in Houston. Now he's been Deshaun Watson's leading receiver for the past couple seasons. Um, really the only net positive receiver in the Houston wide receiver core at this point. Um, and, yeah, I was between some guys. I was between him, uh, maybe DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, T.Y. Hilton, but uh, in, in the end, I decided to go for Brandon Cooks, which leads my three receivers. It's Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and obviously Brandon Cooks. All right, good picks. Good picks, yeah. I was talking um, – I was already on the tight end position, actually. So that, <laughs> we got to run it back a little bit. Um, I was talking about a little bit – I was um, a little bit rushed – Making this list, uh, this team, this all, uh, this all team here, and I sadly was not did not have the time to, like scurry down and write down like notes for for statistics or anything, which makes it a little bit tough for me to counteract Colton's argument. He could be very much so right, and I'd just be you know, I mean, it's hard to tell right now. So I'll I will look it up just for my own personal curiosity afterwards. But um, we'll see. I mean, uh, Marvin Jones is definitely a good a good wide receiver, and it's not like. The margin of talent isn't so huge that it's like a travesty to put him in over over Brandon Cooks. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I so move on. The tight end position was pretty weak in this division, to be honest. Um, if ja- if Johnny Smith was still here, he'd be the obvious choice. But he ended up signing with the Patriots in the offseason. And none of these teams really drafted a big name tight end, and none of these tight end like none of these teams signed a big name tight end or anything. Um. So this this is this makes it tough. It's between a couple of guys. There's like Darren Fells of the Texans, and there's like Anthony Fersker for the Titans, and there's um, James O'Shaughnessy and Tyler Eifert for the Jaguars, and there's Molly Cox and Jack Doyle for the Colts. Um, and I actually ended up going with the Colts tight end. I ended up going with Jack Doyle. So hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me <laughs> he's out. he's pretty old, and he's definitely at the ter- tail end of his career. His his receiving game is not much at all at this point. Definitely not what it used to be. But he's still one of the top blocking tight ends in the whole NFL. And he's a, he's really a big part. You see him on the field a lot. He's a really a big part of why Jonathan Taylor and those running backs have such success. Um, you know, uh, like his it's tough, but he is what he's like 
I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not, it's a, a mediocre receiving tight end or like a bad receiving tight end with extremely good blocking abilities. It, it's a tough choice. Um, and I understand if you put someone else, but I, I did pick Jack Doyle. Uh, I also picked Jack Doyle. Um, just, you know, for every reason oh, you said. Shoot, not... I, I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to have Mo Alec Knox or something like that. I didn't really Honestly, think. Honestly. I, I thought maybe. Else, but. To be completely honest, I'm just going to say this right now. I do in my heart believe that Mo Alec Cox is better than Jack Doyle. <laughs> in my heart, I believe that. But Jack Doyle is the starter in Indy, and I'm not going to make Mo Alec Cox. You know, I, I can't just be like, I believe that the give Mo Alec Cox. Yeah, I'm not going to give it to the backup. Just because I think that if he got as much playing time as Jack Doyle, he would be better. Um, for me, it was between Doyle, Darren Fowles, and I don't. Darren Fowles is he even there anymore? I don't even know if Darren Fowles is there. I think he might have left. No, yeah, I had to check. I looked it up. He still is. Okay, so him, Darren Fowles, and I was between, I was mainly between Jack Doyle and uh, Anthony Ferkser from Tennessee, um, but. You know, I ended up going with Doyle. Doyle's just been doing it for longer. He's a very solid blocker. Um, like you said, he's a little bit on the older side. He's not the most productive, but neither are any of these tight ends. Maybe I would have went with uh, Tim Tebow. But I, I, Tim I Tebow. Toyo as well. It's very. This is the worst it's, division for tight ends. Yeah, definitely. It's it's tough to put in even tough tough Tebow. Oh, tough Tebow. Tim Tebow. After the clip of him. In the preseason, just getting absolutely bodied. Like, he just threw his whole entire body into some, like, linebacker, and they, like, didn't even care. Like, he just bounced right off of him. So, <laughs> it, it was funny. But, yeah, he he looks – I don't know if you saw the meme. Tim Tebow pulling tight end looks like he was a former quarterback turned baseball player turned tight end. Yeah. Like, it, it'll be – we'll have to see if he makes the roster. I'm not – to say the least. <laughs> And uh, we'll go into the offensive line here. Uh, we'll, uh, we just do all five at once, right? Uh, I did the opposite tackles at one time, and then the guards at one, the guards and center at one time. So I did that okay. release. That's not good. I don't care. Um, so yeah, we'll start with the two offensive tackles that I picked. These are uh, once again were pretty easy guys, like household names in the offensive line in the world. Laramie Tunsil and uh, Taylor Lewan, both players. Um, that are like Pro Bowl, All Pro type offensive tackles that you know have been pretty good for a while now. Um, Letterman Tunsil's been good since that they had a big trade, and Taylor Lewan um, is you know a pretty uh, offensive tackle that like is is well known for being good offensive tackle. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, so here, do you, well, give it a recap. Who are you? Who are they two? <laughs> Laramie Tunsil and Taylor Lewan. Okay, yeah, that's I heard Tunsil, but Taylor Lewan kind of just like the mic kind of cut out of the. Oh uh, shoot! I have. Uh... It wasn't bad. It was just a one-time thing. Well, now you guys know, and yes, I don't think it cut out for them. Every once in a while, my internet just goes a little funky. Okay. Out of there, but I agree. Tunsil, Taylor Lewan. Um, Tunsil is the best in this division. By a wide margin in Houston, um, he was obviously like the he was projected to be like a top five pick. He fell in the draft as of you know off the field concerns to Miami, traded for a king's ransom to Houston. Um, he's a you know in my opinion a top he's a top ten offensive tackle in my opinion I would say. Um, yeah. Taylor Lewan was a guy that we didn't get to see much play this year, um, just because 
he he ended up tearing his ACL or he had some kind of major season ending injury early in the season. But we know when he when he was playing, you know, he was a multiple time Pro Bowler. Um and he's just a really funny guy. Everybody tends to gravitate to Taylor Lawrence. So I agree uh, the same two offensive tackles. Yep, and then we'll clump together the two offensive guards and the center. Um, the, the center and then the second offensive guard were, were up in the air a little bit. These are all three Colts players. Quentin Nelson's the obvious choice. Then I did go with Mark Lewiski and Ryan Kelly. Um, honestly, I didn't even like really recognize the names of the offensive guards other than Quentin Nelson. And the division I looked around had the whole depth chart for all the teams up. And I just like clicked. You can just use hit control and then a number, and it takes it to the tab. Once I learned that on Google Chrome, that was a game changer, to be honest. Like that's such a, a this is random like side rant, but I use that sh- like keyboard shortcut like every day of my life. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, Mark Whiskey, I looked up the, the PFF grade. It was a solid like seventy-eight. Um, he was a fourth round you know, offensive lineman. So he has a little bit of, you know, a little bit of prestige, a little bit in there. I <laughs> uh, like, to be honest though, I just like, I didn't even recognize anyone. So I knew the Colts have a good offensive line. You know, I looked around at a couple of the other guys and their PF grades were not so hot. And Mike Markowski's was pretty hot. So I could be completely wrong here. Uh, and, that, yeah, and I said, <clears throat> and Ryan Kelly as a center um, for the Colts, He's been very consistent last year. He actually, actually do think he was a little bit injured. But other than that, like for, he's barely missed any games in his career as a Colt. And, um, you know, it's tough to pay. You know, like I, <clears throat> quite frankly, I just didn't really recognize a lot of the names for me to make a, a hugely informed decision. But I think, you know, they're fair. Fair picks. Fair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the first offensive guard I agree with. Obviously, Quentin Nelson, um, no no question there. I agree with the center as well. I was torn on the center, actually. I was kind of 50-50 on Ryan Kelly versus Brandon Linder from the Jags. But I did I did end up going with uh, Ryan Kelly. The offensive guard, the second offensive guard, is where um, we had a change. Uh, you had Mark Lewinsky from, from Indy. I had the guy from Tennessee that kind of held things down in the absence of Luan, uh, Roger Saffold. Um, their best offensive lineman this season in the absence of Taylor Lewan. Um, a real big help to Derrick Henry with his, you know, 2,000-yard rushing season. Um, he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of attention, but, you know, I think he's a very solid offensive lineman. I, I could have went Glowinski as well, but I I, I kind of went, I went – I thought a different route, so here we go. Roger Saffold, Tennessee, my man. Yeah, they're gone. That's definitely, that's definitely fair, you know. The PFF grades aren't always 100% correct. And, um, yeah, that's definitely some very good A starting offensive lineman on a running back with a 2,000-yard rushing year. So, um, no, <laughs> that's some good reasoning. I, I definitely see see your points there. And uh, we'll move on to the defense now. Um, we'll start, I will start off with the D-line, I guess. Um, the Force Buckner is a definitely the clear choice here as, like, the best one. He's, he's far and away the best one in my eyes. He's... He has a, a insane like ninety two point like eight PFF grade is what I just learned because I lo- I looked up his name because one time like one of the early episodes um, when we started doing these I like put someone on there and then they moved teams and then I had to you know kind of scurry around and find someone else to throw in there 
So I've been pretty good on looking up these players' names to make sure they're still on the on the right team. I was 99% sure, but, you know, I don't want to make any stupid mistakes. Got to make sure my, my bases are covered. And DeForest Buckner came up, you know, as an Indianapolis Colt uh, defensive lineman, and his PFF grade also came up, which was extremely high, and it's well-deserving. He's a very good defensive lineman. And then um, the second one was, uh, was a steep drop-off, to say the least. I ended up going with Jeffrey Simmons of the Tennessee Titans. He's a solid defensive lineman. He's another guy like, yeah, he's 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 pretty young. He was just drafted a couple years back. Um, I knew he fell in the draft because he was injured the year right before. Um, but he was like really good, and he was projected to be like a top ten or top fifteen pick. But he fell later in the draft to the Titans, and they got some really good value out of him. He recovered very well and has become one of the better defensive linemen, I guess, in the NFL. I haven't really followed his career a whole lot, but um, that's just what I read. Yeah. Uh, I had the same, too. DeForest Buckner, obviously, in my eyes, is a top, probably top three defensive defensive lineman, if I had to put a number on it. Um, he's an absolute monster, drafted to San Francisco, traded for a first to, to Indy, and just really, like, he was great in San Francisco, but he just went to Indy, and his game this season just, you know, went to a whole yeah, other level. Yeah, he took off. We saw a whole different DeForest Buckner. Man, it was a monster this season. Um, and Jeffrey Simmons is no slouch either. Um, I mean, like you said, he's really young. He fell in the draft a little bit, went to Tennessee, recovered well from that injury. He's been a, he really he's another guy that really picked it up this season. I feel like he took leaps and bounds this season from what we saw in the you know from last season to this season. Just he was kind of the only real like <laughs> pass rushing presence in Tennessee for most of the season, and he was really the only one getting it done in terms of. Uh, trying to get some pressure on the quarterback for most of the season. So he, he was a really solid defensive lineman, still really young, as well as De- DeForest Buckner is really young as well. Just both guys that you saw take big strides this season and uh, just looking to get better. So, yeah. And then next up, we'll go around keeping with the pass rushers here with the edge rushers. And maybe the second or the third time, I actually have a rookie in my selection. So I have Bud Dupree. The former Steeler, now Tennessee Titan, as an edge rusher, and then actually like Quiddy Pay of the uh, Colts drafted the Colts this year. Um, and, and barring me missing any big names, this was also a pretty weak edge rushing core. Um, yeah, there was not a lot of big names, but Dupree was a guy I knew. Obviously, a very solid player, like double digit sack guy, barring injury most of the time. And um, just looking around, the rest of the guys were just like almost no names. They're not like I look. You know, I looked them up because maybe maybe some of these guys are underrated. Maybe some of these guys are not talked about enough. No, most of these guys were like scrubs that you know just kind of found their way into the roster. Bar, again, barring me missing any big names, I'm being really dumb. But uh, as, <laughs> as my edge rushers, um, yeah, it's good. Um, I had one of the same. I had Bud Dupree the same. Obviously, um, he's a new Tennessee Titan, like you said. Um, he kind of had a breakout season a couple years back and just has been kind of a perennial double-digit sack guy since then. Um, my the, the other guy I had about Quiddy Pay, he was on the list of guys that I was uh, potentially going to put. I went with uh, Josh Allen from the Jaguars. Um, okay, that's, young, fair. that's fair. Just, you know, a younger guy. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't been, you know, some crazy, crazy edge rusher, but he's been, he's been definitely productive at times. I believe he made a Pro Bowl at one point. Um, he's just, you know, he, he's shown flashes. You know, he's he's kind of had an up and down career. You know, he has 
he's got hot streaks and he's got cold streaks. But overall, you know, he's he's a he's a net positive edge rusher. So Bud Dupree and Josh Allen are the two that I'm having. Bud Dupree being an obvious choice. Yeah, yeah, in that division, uh, but it was was the number one choice. And you know, I Josh Allen was on the list. You know, I looked him up, but I was yeah, I wasn't really hugely impressed. I would, I maybe even thought he might have been on the bust alert coming up soon. Him and like C.J. Henderson, the the, you know, I had high hopes for uh, Josh Allen. Um, you know, as you mentioned, he's not like bad, but he's not really like the star a lot expected him to be. He was drafted like what fifth, sixth overall, like. He was drafted high. He was drafted very so I mean he's not he's not being horrible. He's definitely really young still. Like what he might be twenty five or twenty six. Yeah, he's young. Or maybe not. I'm even not sure. Yeah, he might not even be that. Yeah, I think he was. He's drafted, young. I know that. I think he was drafted in twenty nineteen. So that would make him if he was drafted at twenty four, even twenty seven, is is pretty young. I mean I don't know to be honest. Twenty four is he pretty is old to be drafted. Twenty four. Okay, shoot. Yeah, so I was That's way off. <laughs> Yeah, so he's drafted pretty young. Definitely has a bright future. Like he can pick it up. But I he was out of Kentucky, and that Kentucky has a lot of really high, like a lot of people. So like Edgerton are always drafted high. There's Bud Dupree, and him. Um, there were a couple other big names that if I saw, I'd recognize. But I don't know much about. Auntie, I guess. Colleges. <laughs> um. So that's nice, interesting. Oh, you, you never said your name. Kick us off. My bad. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, no. Josh. But Josh Allen okay. my guy. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, on to, on to the linebackers here. Um, this is actually one of the stronger linebacker groups, led off by a top, easily in my opinion, a top five linebacker, Darius Leonard. Um, I signed a big old fat contract. Well worth it. Um, just the, the, the crazy amount of production this man's been putting off since he was drafted is, you know, very impressive to say the least. Darius Leonard is easily one of the top linebackers in the league and an easy choice for this. Next up, it's a little bit harder because, uh, you know, I picked Miles Jack. Miles Jack, he's he was really good, but in recent years he has not – either he's not been getting the attention he's deserved, but I have not really uh, – you know, I've, I haven't heard a lot about him. His stats didn't look crazy good. You know, maybe his eye test was been off the chart. But, you know, it, like he wasn't bad um, by any means, and that's why I put him on the – <laughs> on the all-time team, but overall, like a lot of the, like he, he's a pretty big name, and you know his. Whenever that Jaguars defense was really good, and they made it really farther deep into the playoffs with like Blake Bortles and everyone, like he was really going off that year. And even though he hasn't been that level of good, he's still been good enough. Like that, I, I wouldn't take, you know, another linebacker over him. You know, again, barring any, <laughs> any big names missed, that would be stupid but i mean that, that's fair i definitely think darius leonard is, is definitely the obvious choice but yeah so um you said darius leonard and miles jack i obviously had darius leonard um like you said top five linebacker in the league um my second guy was a guy that i have as a fringe top 10 linebacker um in the league it is from houston zach cunningham is my guy. Um, he he led the league in tackles this season. Um, just overall, the past cut. He's still really young as well. Just these past couple seasons, he's just been showing a lot of flashes. He's kind of all over the place in terms of tackles. Just 
running from one end of the field to the other. And just he's really like the only, you know, positive player on that Texans defense, like all of last season. So it's just he was just having to do everything by himself, pass coverage, you know, run stuffing, everything you can ask for from a player he was doing. And um, I think he did it really well. And he's still a really young player, just as Darius Leonard is. So my two were Darius Leonard and Zach Cunningham. Okay, that's fair. And I really, this is the problem whenever I, I write these down quick. I can't write down the notes and stupid stuff like that. This is, this is something that came up right when, I, you know, that I obviously would have known. Um, but I, he's, he's a lot, he's like a liability in coverage. Like my man is, is not, um, he's, he's a tackle machine and he's good in the run, but he's a, he's a liability in coverage. And you can, he's like, he's not a super speedy athletic guy. He's, a, he, as you mentioned, he's pretty young and he's definitely a really good tackler. But yeah, he's he's pretty bad in coverage. So I ended up taking J- Miles Jack over him. Um, mm-hmm. For the question ma- is, mainly the that question reason. Is, now that if the trade, if the Joe show, oh, that's something we never even mentioned is the Joe Schobert trade. Oh, yeah, you're right. We didn't even mention that. I don't know. That's my fault. Joe Schobert got traded to the Steelers <laughs> for a six round pick. Um, yeah, for a six round pick. Yeah, it was a steal, and I don't know why because the thing that I was thinking um, was that like generally. If you're going to, if it's going to be a six round pick, I was listening to uh, the Locked On Steelers podcast today, and it was, it, it mm. was uh, Chris Carter, who's the host, and then he had Arthur Motes on the podcast today. And they were talking about, Arthur Motes was talking about how if you're going to take it for a six round pick, he was under the assumption that it was, the Steelers were just going to have to eat Joe Schobert's humongous contract. And that's what it was. The <laughs> Jaguars didn't want the contract, but we didn't eat it. Like the Jaguars are paying more of his contract than we are. So like, yeah. why would they do that? I, I just, I have no. Kevin Colbert's just a genius, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was gonna, and really, they needed another linebacker. You know, as soon as Vince Williams retired, they they start Spillane again, and just immediately, even in the preseason, teams are just you know throwing the ball right at him every possession, and it's working. Spillane is bad in coverage at this point. So, but that no, I was yeah. gonna ask Blaine? if the. You, you go, you go. Okay. Um, Spillane is like a really good backup, but you cannot trust him to be like a starter for 17 weeks, to be honest. Like, yeah. he just doesn't hit the game. He's, he's on the Ravens now, and he was like just like Spillane. I don't even know. I can't remember even what his name is now. He's like the same build and everything. Like, it, I just, he's like. A, LJ Fort or whatever, or Tyus, or LJ Tyus Fort, Bowser yeah. or something. Just like LJ yeah. Fort. No, yeah, LJ Fort was what I'm thinking of. LJ is because yeah, LJ Fort used to play for the Steelers, and he was like that. He was like the backup, and he he ended up stepping into like the play role, playing role a lot, and he played relatively good at first. But even like towards the end of his like stint as like a starter, they had again to expose him a lot just because he's not terribly athletic. And you're gonna do the same displaying like. Splains are a really good backup, and he could definitely be a rotational guy. At you know, but you like I'm not trusting him in a first 17 week season, and yeah. uh, I am trusting Joe Schobert for a 17 week season. <laughs> I am. Joe Schobert is a guy that makes a lot of tackles, but he's also very good in coverage. That's what I was going to say, though. I was going to be like, if no. Joe, if the trade never happened, would Joe Schobert have been your second linebacker? You think? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What if? I'm a, I'm a big Joe Schobert guy. He I saw him like just be an absolute baller 
against the Steelers for so many times, like as the Browns, when he played for the Browns, like I'm a big Joe Shepard guy. Yeah. He looks so old. He does. He's really young. (laughs) Yeah, I know. um, I don't know why he looks so old. But I I forgot. I I didn't even notice we didn't mention about that trade. That's yeah, a, I that's thought of that earlier news. today because I usually what I do is um I go through like during the week and obviously I follow so many different news accounts of NFL news and stuff on Twitter and Instagram. I see most of it and I'm usually trying to like run through like a CBS Sports list of news like before I get on. But I just realized that I didn't uh, screenshot anything about it earlier today and I was like, I'm going to have to remember to write that down. And then I guess I never remembered. But all is well that ends well, I guess. Um. So yeah, yeah so I guess. Would you? Would you? Would you have Joe Schobert as um, your second? Name? I don't know. I I really would have to think about it because hmm, it's it's close for me. Um, I I I don't know. I would really have to do some thinking. I think Joe Schobert and Zach Cunningham are two like very similar players in my mind in terms of skill. Yeah, that's fair. So I'd really have to do some thinking. But. It is. I, I like the trade. I'm a big fan, especially for a six-round pick. Yeah, and then oh, we yeah. just, like, turn around, and then we just restructure the deal and everything, and it, it works out great. So that's nice. And as, we, as we're as we getting – we're winding down here with two more positions to discuss. Cornerback and safety. We'll start with cornerback, which is another – a team that, you know, this is another position on this all team that is a little bit rough around the edges, to say the least. Yeah. Um, Shaquille Griffin, the former uh, Seahawk turned Jaguar, is a choice for me. I'm, I'm pretty high on him. Like, I don't know. He, uh, he's been, he was good, and he didn't end up getting, um, tri- uh, he, he was cut, right? He was just cut and re-signed. Um, Correct. I'm, I think I don't think he was. Con- I, think, I think he just wasn't brought back. I think his contract just ended. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, you- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's a good player, and I definitely think um, like he's deserving. But the next two was kind of tough. So Xavier Rhodes was a guy who was really bad one year, but he came back and he kind of revitalized his career a little bit with the Colts. I threw him on the list. And then for the third guy, I went with Bradley Roby of the uh, Texans, actually. I, there was uh, Janoris Jenkins and, like, Caleb Farley, even. I, you, may, you could maybe put him in there. Like, there were other options, definitely, mm-hmm. um, all around. Like, this is a little bit of a, of a thrown-together group, to say the least. Um, but they're all solid guys, definitely. Bradley Roby is a guy that I did not know was as good as he was until I like looked him up and checked out um, his player profile on the ESPN website. And was, his stats were pretty good. And his PFF grade was well above average. Um, so, yeah. Good, good. Um, our top two corners were the same. Shaquille Griffin um, came from Seattle, had a really productive season last year. Uh, and comes down to Jacksonville to, you know, presumably be corner one. Uh, my secondary guy, Xavier Rhodes. If you guys, I don't remember if I had him in my top, like, favorite. When we did our, like, favorite players episode, I don't remember if I had Xavier Rhodes in it. But I love Xavier Rhodes. He's one of my favorite players. Um, like you said, he kind of, he was very good in Minnesota for a couple years. 
went to Indy and struggled bad or no, he just struggled really badly in his last year in Minnesota and then came to Indy and just had a, had a pretty solid season last year. So he kind of revitalized that. Like you said, he's on my list. And my third guy, I was really debating, um, you know, Bradley Roby was one of the guys that I was thinking about maybe putting, uh, I really almost put another guy from Indy, Kenny Moore. Um, I almost put, but I settled on a second guy from Jacksonville, CJ Henderson as my third corner. Um, he was a top 10 pick last season, came in and, you know, he showed promise. He showed a lot of promise, but this, you know, this off season from all the reports from Jaguars training camp, reportedly CJ Henderson, though, like they might, they're like reportedly maybe shopping him around, like trying to trade him, but reportedly he's looking really good. Like he looks better than Shaquille Griffin. He looks like one of the best players on this defense. Um, and, you know, just at, from what I've seen from him already from last season, I really saw some flashes. So I my, my three corners are Shaquille Griffin, Xavier Rhodes, and C.J. Henderson. No, yeah, that's fair. I always thought C.J. Henderson was, like, a relatively good time. Like, you know, I, I thought he'd develop. But, yeah, then I, all the reports came out that he was going <laughs> to – that he was, like, pretty much about to be moved. So I wasn't uh, – I thought I must have had the wrong impression on him. But maybe – I had the right impression on him, and I was just unaware. <laughs> um, now we'll move on to the safety here. Another one. One very good safety, Kevin Byard, one of the best say, um, ball hawk safeties in the NFL. Been suffering with some injuries, but definitely, especially on talent-wise, um, Kevin Byard is one of the top guys in the league. Definitely deserving to be on the list. And then next up, um, I went with the Colts safety, Kahari Willis. Um, he got a lot of bright moments last year, what I heard about. Stats were relatively good. The PFF grade was good. Um, you know, from the other guys, guys looked at the stat lines. I just impressed me a little bit more. Um, um, there was even Julian Blackman was a guy I thought I was going to – I thought I was thinking Julian Blackman. But, you know, his his uh, stats were not very impressive. His PFF grade was in the dumps. So I uh, <laughs> stuck with the other guy, Kari Williams. Willis. Yeah. I didn't even really know a whole lot about to be honest, but yeah, he is the starter this year, which because uh, Malik Hooker's out the door, but yeah. In- um, I uh, I had the same too. Uh, Kevin Byard was the obvious choice, obviously being you know the ball hawk. You know he was he's just been very good. He had a bit of a down season in Tennessee last year. Um, I predicted him to lead the league in interceptions, and I think he had zero, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, but he's still obviously just we know what he can do. And my secondary guy was Kerry Willis. I, I think you say I don't know I don't know how you say his name to be honest, but I was in the same boat as you where I kind of I was thinking Julian Blackman, but the more research I kind of did into it, uh, Kerry Willis just looked really good last season from, you know, from every account. So I, I had to put him in. I think Julian Blackman is a guy that will improve next season. I, I There were definitely some good flashes I saw from him. Um, he's a guy that played a lot of, you know, like box safety, a lot of like outside linebacker, which wasn't really his natural position just because they already had Kari Willis. They have um, had Malik, Malik Hooker. Obviously, he's in Dallas now, though, so – Julian Blackman's going to get to play his natural position a little bit more than he was able to in his rookie season. So, yeah, uh, Kevin Byard and, and Kari Willis are my two safeties. And that rounds out our all AFC South teams. Uh, pretty similar as per usual. We had yeah. one, two, three, four, five differences. Um, I suppose that might be the most we've had so far, though. 
Honestly, <laughs> that, that might be true. Just you know, with an all with an all divisional team, there 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 isn't much room. For yeah, the differences. Yeah, the problem with this is, I say it's not the AFC North that we watch all these, but so and there's not a lot of objectivity, or I mean subjectivity, in our decisions. Like we look at the stats, we look at the PFF grades. I mean, for me, I look up like like there's Colts Wire and there's like Titans Wire and stuff. Like there's like I don't know, there's little websites where um like people write articles about their favorite team and you know maybe i'll read a an article on kari williams just like a couple about it and they're talking highly of him you know like that's not i didn't see him so i can't make my own opinions on him um and like i, I haven't watched enough colts games to really be able to give a great uh, take on him so i kind of got to stick with the stats and we're both looking at the same stats we're both looking at the same pff grade we're both looking at the same articles and stuff so it's not really like <laughs> you know especially like but even for the AFC North, I think the AFC North one was maybe we might have had two changes through the whole thing, which is tough. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's kind of what I expect because obviously we watch the AFC North, we watch Steelers every single game, we're watching uh, Bengals, Ravens, Browns twice a year at the very least. So we we know you know we know these players like yeah. the back of our hand, you know. So yeah, I I think that the NFC is definitely like, I definitely watch more AFC games. Um. Just for that reason, that teams are more closely involved with the Steelers in the AFC North. Um, and the a- NFC, I watched less of them. So I think we'll probably see some more differences as the, the time goes along. And I'll have to make sure I maybe start a little bit earlier, get some little bit of statistics down so I don't have to sit there like a stupid a stupid guy, you know, talking rambling about Jarvis, Jarvis uh, Marvin Jones. I was just Jarvis Jones. Um I this was a solid episode. I'll admit this was a solid episode, barring the yes. you know, the, the technical difficulties, which it makes it a little bit worse. But it's a pretty good team, pretty well constructed. Like you know, I we had a little bit of good discussion in there, talking about <laughs> you know it's, it's a good time as usual, and um, well you know always we always have the usual stuff going on. Like check out the Instagram. The same name as the podcast, Colton and Joe Show, C-O-L-T-I-N, and then there's periods in between each word. Uh, there's a there should be a link. That's you can find a link, uh, probably in the the description if I remember to put it in there. To be honest, to yeah. our to all of our social media profiles as well as the um, the the anchor link, which is just like the the link that has all the episodes on there, and you can basically listen to this on Spotify or Apple Music. You can just find it. So it's you know it's good stuff, good stuff. But you can find this in maybe a more consumable format in pictures that uh, the guys they make and doing a great job on per usual. And thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. As soon, but yeah. as soon as we get a laptop situation a little bit more ironed out, that's when I can get a little bit more, a little bit better production quality on the podcast. The this, the ratchet, the setup's been a little bit ratchet lately. Because um, if you missed the episode where we talked, I got I talked about this in in full. Um, I was brought so I'd always do this. I would rock I'd rock the recording on my school Chromebook. You know, it worked out pretty good. It loaded up pretty well, and the you know the the microphone would always plug and play right, and you know it was pretty good setup with that. You know, it would sound pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to give the Chromebook back to school, and then. The like the our laptop that I used was a hundred and like 
almost like 105 episodes or something broke. And um, so I was, it was not, it was, it was kind of tough, but it worked out. I just kind of switched over to my dad's laptop and um, did the editing on there, you know, downloaded the stuff on there. But then my dad's laptop, like he just screwed it all up. <laughs> um, long story short, he just screwed it all up. And um, I haven't really yeah. <laughs> been able to do, it, to do much with it because he's been trying to figure out how to get all the stuff back on there. Um, I've been down, you know, recording the Chromebook that I got back, which is kind of nice. I did get that back, which was clutch. We got it back for my summer homework and recorded on here, downloaded on here, uploaded on there. But that obviously, you know, that leaves minimal uh, room for editing and improvements. So, yeah, the most I can do is trim off the second at the beginning where we're waiting for it to. <laughs> so, you know, we can pop up this as we can see it's recording. Yeah. Um, that's what, you know, I feel almost a little, I feel almost do feel kind of bad because you, you definitely, you're doing good work on the Instagram and stuff. And I do, I'm not, not entirely doing a whole lot of work, but, you know, once the, once the setup gets back rocking, we'll get back with some, with the intro. Hopefully we can get the intro back on here. I think I can, I could definitely get the intro back on here. Um, I just have to get the intro. Like I have the intro on like the MP3 clip saved in my Google drive. So I just have to like ship it over to the Chromebook and then upload it to um, our podcast hosting platform. And I should be able to put it in and it wouldn't, it won't be as nice as it was before, but it'll still work. Um, yeah. And I used to be able to like take out like some of the white noise in the background or whatever, just like the little buzzing sound, which is almost unhearable. And unless you have like super nice headphones, you're probably going to get but <clears throat> take it out for those, the rich people out there. <laughs> but you know, we're rocking with it for right now. We're we're still pumping out episodes, and we as as we get back to more structured life, the episode will probably come out more. And especially once the NFL season, like like preseason, is already on, and um, so you know the, the NFL yeah. season is just around the corner. Right but, okay, the this is a small rant at the tail end of our episode. I've been talking a lot at the end, but Colton talked a lot to the middle, so it's perfect. <laughs> you talked a very appropriate amount. Oh, thank but, you. <laughs> um, this is this is the first year, and maybe this is the first year that I was active enough on social media, and um, was on Twitter enough, and noticed this. People are overreacting so much to training camp reports for one. And for two, the preseason. Like, before Zach Wilson even stepped foot on a meaningful football game, people were calling him a bust. <laughs> because, like, yeah. he did not crazy in the preseason game. And then the reports out of training camp of the bin that he, like, was not doing great. And that makes me a little bit upset. Because it's like, yeah, people are taking a lot, you know, a lot of liberty. And I get, like... If you're not, if they're not doing good in preseason, maybe it, maybe you are seeing some beginning signs, like some of these problems are already being exploited by these coaches and whatever. But it's also not; these are not like com- they're not making complex game plans, and especially like the yeah. Steelers defense. Like I saw someone talking about in my I don't know if it was on Instagram or what social media platform it was, um, that like the Steelers defense is has already has humongous holes and you know this is the tail end of the, the dominant Steelers defense that was for two years and it's so dumb because the Steelers there's no way the Steelers are drawing up 
and you know humongous crazy game plans and have the intense scouting reports that they have for like the regular season you know if even if you watch the game you can tell that they're pretty soft zone like they're not really playing a whole lot of man coverage if like from the one like even the one game that i really got to watch that much of like they were not doing a whole lot you know the blitzes weren't as they didn't send blitzes as much as they normally did like either just doing conservative game plans so you can really see like how good these players are like the fundamentals i guess that'd be my guess but i'm sure it's like that for all the teams like i'm sure they're not there putting in hours a day to you know make try and hope they win this preseason game that's not the winning isn't really the point of the preseason to be honest like i just want to see what you have in the players and that helps you make um roster decisions and stuff <clears throat> helps you know the, the rookies get a little bit more acclimated to the speed of the game or whatever yeah it's just I, I i don't like when people overreact to it i don't know if that's just me but and it annoys me and it does annoy me a little especially. Yeah, I agree. And it, there's also, like, an aspect of it where it's, like, say that you are – what's a good example? Who Say that you're, like, Jordan Love, for example. Um, yeah. And Aaron Rodgers isn't, you know, doing much at training camp or whatever, and you're, you've been running with the ones for a, for a lot, right? So you're in training camp and stuff. And you're mm-hmm. running with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and Robert Tanyan and, you know, this great offensive line. And then you get into this. And I'm not saying Jordan Love didn't do great because from watching the games, Jordan, no quarter, but no, um, none of the uh, quarterbacks that, you know, debuted in this week one of preseason, none of them impressed me more than Jordan Love did. But um, I'm just saying mm-hmm. you put Jordan, then Jordan Love gets into the preseason game with completely different cast of guys with a completely different skill set. You know what I mean? That, that A lot of times that's where things come in. You get into there, and there's no Devontae Adams. There's no Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are very different players. You know what I mean? Devontae Adams and yeah. Devin Funches are very different players. You know, the game the game changes, you know. It's, you know, you, you say Robert Tonyan and Jay Sternberger are very different players. It's just things change. The personnel changes. The schemes change. Things are just a lot different, you know what I mean? But just with the quarterbacks, I guess yeah. I, I guess I'll just kind of say, I, I went through with all the quarterbacks that played, you know, the kind of like the big-name quarterback that debuted this week. Um, we had, obviously, the start or the the first-round picks from this year, all of them, plus Jordan Love. So it was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Jordan Love. I'll just say Mac Jones, I was not impressed by Mac Jones, really. Um he no, his completion was good. Everyone's going off, going crazy on yes. him. He just played a conservative game. Like he didn't do anything crazy. Like, yeah, I wasn't like everyone was like pretty Mac Jones did so good, but like dude had thirteen completions for only like eighty seven yards. Yeah, bro. Trey Lance, he was just I, I was check down after check down. Trey Lance was was one. I was one that's pretty close. Trey Lance had like the one really good play. Other than that, it was what really wasn't like anything crazy either okay but, but did you watch that game though no <laughs> okay so what i i watched the i was watching all of the for all the quarterbacks on sunday i went through and i watched the video there's like every every drop back from their game and i just want to say trey lance the stats like he had that 80 yard bomb but i just want to say trey lance there were five passes that were dropped by trey lance's receivers like 
<laughs> it was ridiculous. His first one was dropped by Brandon Ayuk, his first pass attempt. The next one was dropped by the backup tight end. He had a beautiful dime that would have uh, on like a third and long that was dropped by Richie James. Um, there was he was it was a rough one. You know, I don't know if he was just putting too much oomph on the ball or like what it was, but his receivers were just absolutely dropping everything from Trey Lance. So I, I don't know what that was. He I was very impressed with Trey Lance personally, just watching all the snaps. I was yeah. impressed with Jordan Love's mechanics look a little bit weird. Like he kind of bends his legs are all funky when he throws the ball and like his mechanics look a little weird. But I was really impressed with him. I think of all the quarterbacks, he might have showed the most poise and just like just showed that like he was just doing so many different th- things. Um, Mac Jones didn't impress me. Justin Fields um, ended up having a really nice game, but he started off the game awful. <laughs> like he started <laughs> off like zero for six. Like it was really bad, and then he came back and obviously had a very 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 good game. But you know, I, I'm imp- I was impressed with him overall. And Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, neither of them I was too impressed with just because they didn't really do much. They weren't in for very long. They both threw nine passes and, you know, both went like six for nine for like 60 yards. So just like (laughs) there wasn't much room for me to be impressed with them. I was impressed a little bit more with Trevor Lawrence. He got sacked on his first drawback and it was like third and 18 and it was like second 18 then and he led the team back to the first down. I was impressed with that. But just really, they didn't have as much enough mm-hmm. run for me to like really be like made it so good. Yeah, um, I just I did see like a lot of I didn't get to watch much preseason games, and I, I didn't get to see uh, the video that you saw. But um, did Jordan Love, so Jordan Love Jordan Love was throwing these balls into like the perfect spot, like right into the wide receiver's hands. Like crazy passes too. And a couple of them were dropped too, but yeah, you know, I was I was yeah. fairly impressed with you know like I feel like most of the quarterbacks did a good you know like none of them did horrible. None of them had awful games. Like you know, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins came out and like kind of uh, he did look very good. I saw this thing, and it was just kind of talking about. Um, the the Mason Rudolph versus Dwayne Haskins thing. I don't remember. I might have sent it to you. I'm not sure. It was like by the it was like the Steelers quarterbacks. How many points the offense has scored under each quarterback? The offense scored like six points under Josh Dobbs. It scored 33 points under Dwayne Haskins at the time, and zero under Mason Rudolph. 33. <laughs> That's what the stat said. Because I mean, really, like. It was the two. It was in. It was the for the first two preseason games combined. Okay. So it was just like, to that point. Mason Rudolph's offense. Mason Rudolph led offense and not scored. Josh Dobbs' offense scored six points. Mason Haskins' offense scored everything else. I hate to be that guy, but like Dwayne Haskins in the second half, after you know, after the like majority of the actual starters get out of the games. No. I don't want to be that guy, but that's true. That's true. Which is exactly why I want to see. I want to <laughs> yeah. see Haskins star. I want to see what he can do versus. I would. I, mean, I, I want to see what, see what he's able to do versus a little bit better of competition. It's because he looks. He's looked pretty poised. Um, he's been making some 
some good throws, and I just kind of I want I want to see what he's capable of. We've seen enough Mason Rudolph. I hate to say it, Joe. Mason Rudolph is just not good. I hate to say this. Yeah, I know you're a big Mason, Mason Rudolph. Has, I'll, be, I'll be the first to admit Mason Rudolph has been kind of a scrub this preseason. Like, yeah, man, it's not much going at all. Mm-hmm. The thing was the the hope with me, the hope coming from me was on the last game on week sixteen when he played. The deep hop ball was hitting. Like, he was doing mm-hmm. great. And, um, you know, I think with Mason Rudolph, there's a lot of, like, problems in his head. Like, I feel like he has a lot of confidence in it, like, <laughs> self-confidence issues in his game, if that makes, you know. Like, that's I kind of see that. Like, I feel like he gets very messed up by the, the pressure mm-hmm. and, like, the like, yeah. as well. And that's what I would, like, especially whenever he would, like, start in place of Ben that year, it was tough, like, Anytime there'd be anyone in his face, he'd just bail out of the pocket and end up throwing some like either completely off-target pass, um, a like a pass in the cut like double coverage or just like drop it down to a running back that'd be for like two yards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like there was as long as like you just blitz if you could blitz Mason Rudolph every play, and I guarantee you like that would not like the offense would go nowhere. <laughs> especially that year. But when they played the Browns, stuff was going, like stuff was doing well. And um, it has not followed through to this preseason at the very least. Like he has not been terribly impressive. So I am with, I am with you as much of a Mason Rudolph believer. I like, I want Mason Rudolph to be good. I am ready to see Dwayne Haskins come in and see like what, what he's made of and, you know, evaluate his, his spot on the team as well. Like Mason Rudolph has had his time. And through the first two games, like it's just it was you know his turn to be with the the top tier guys. Now it's now it's Dwayne's time. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. I want to see Haskins. Um, and honestly, like people, what I don't know how much I believe. You know, I've seen a lot of people talking about like maybe the Steelers don't even need to draft another quarterback. Maybe Haskins is just the guy. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm necessarily believing in that much to this point but i i would like to see something i would like to see him play versus it depends. i'll say that oh yeah definitely i mean it depends if ben plays next year which is you know up in the air and something that's you know kind of hard to predict <laughs> um then i think that's that comes more into question that gives him two years to sit behind a very good, you know, veteran presence with Big Ben. Teach him a little bit better, you know, teach him, mentor him a little bit, you know, more. Because even, like, it's tough. It's tough. I don't know. Dwayne Haskins was really bad with Washington. And it's it's hard for me to believe he just came in and after, like, one off season, he's just going to, you know, become the QB we all expected him to be. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the same. Well, I, I think it's just like I saw him be so. You know, I saw him struggle so much. But it's also like they're just such a bad organization. They threw him into the action before he should have been thrown into the action. But it's like Actually, how much was, of that he was in a just, bad position. Yeah, it's, it's like how much of that is really Washington's fault and how much is Haskins' fault? It's like I I don't know where you know the balance is. I don't know where the line is drawn. Yeah, I concur. But there's our, there's our pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's every a, every episode. It's our preseason. 
Yeah, well, that's what you guys stay here for, definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. For sure. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. You know, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated, obviously, what's going on in the preseason world. Sure. As that stuff continues sure. to go on. And, you know, once we get into the season, that'll be a, these will be conversations we have on the daily as we get closer to, um, you know, the, even the playoffs and whatever. And I, I'm, I'm hyped for football to be back. I, I did kind of enjoy the offseason, especially the draft. I follow the draft a lot more than I normally did. We went all in on the mock draft, and um, it was fun. But I watching some preseason football, I was like, it's time. It's time, baby. Give give it to me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm ready. But I guess mm-hmm. it's been a good one. I've been enjoying some league, uh, league, though. Me too, actually. I, um, I know. I know. The Bulls have been rough. <laughs> we haven't been that good. Patrick Williams, bald. Um, they start, he was our rookie last year, top five pick. He's not that aggressive, but they're like, we're just going to ask you to come play the first two summer league games and just like see what you can do. And he had like 18 and 10 in the first game, and then he dropped like 30 and 14 in the second game. And I was like, whoo, let's go P Dub. <laughs> but it's been fun to watch for sure. Just get, okay. get some basketball um, back into my veins. So I have a question. I looked this up, and I could not find anything about it. Is the Summer League, like, like uh, courts, are they smaller than normal courts? Or are they just no. like normal basketball courts? No, they're normal. Okay. I don't know. That must have been the camera angles or something. I could have swore they were a little bit smaller. But I looked it up, and, like, nothing about it, like, nothing relevant to the question came up. <laughs> So, yeah, that's another reason they do summer league. It's just to like because the like college courts are a little smaller than the NBA courts. It's just like try to get the player. It's like a little transition period from you know, so you don't yeah. get into the regular season without ever you know having played organized basketball on that big of a court. So, yeah, the Pacers like second pick there in, in the draft their second pick in the draft it was still in the first round because they traded up um man had like seven blocks in one of the games Jeez. like like the last game like went oh and two and then just went on a hot streak and they won out like the rest of the week so yeah our second pick i i, I think i want to say his name Jackson, but i'm not sure I don't I have no clue. I, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I could check. I'll look it up. But just um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if there's any, you can have your your final your final words. I have not much else to say. I yeah, it was um, Isaiah Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Um, check out the Instagram coming soon. We'll have a couple of posts coming soon. Um, let us know what you want to see. And from us here at the Colton and Joe Show, we are Easton. Easton.